When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Grizzlies are preparing to take on the Orlando Magic back at home on tomorrow night or Tuesday, whenever you guys listen to the podcast. Today, if you listen on Tuesday, whatever. Uh, but until but before that, we will talk about the games that happened since the last time we played. Blowout victory against the Houston Rockets. Um, highlighted, of course, by Luke Kennard going crazy, making 10 three-pointers in the game. Um, the the game before that, which was John Moran's debut, much closer game, came down to Jaron Jackson Jr. putting the game away in the final moments. But you got that uh, you got that game against Houston, um, the second game, which was a much you know easier victory, and then you uh, had a victory on the road against Atlanta. I was supposed to be at that game, but I changed my mind kind of towards the last moments on that. Uh, according to my finances, Jason Smith, obviously he's got a brother out there, right? nor. Uh, uh, reimbursing the brother for gas, so I, I looked at my expenses. I was like, "Nah, I'm just gonna go and stay at the house." I'm kind of upset, man, because I haven't made any road trips at all this year. I usually try to get out for at least a couple of games per year. I haven't done any this year, and got a new car. When I had a regular car, I was in the road. Now I got a new car. And I'm not, I ain't been nowhere, but yeah, I'll see if I can change that for sure. What are your thoughts on the last two games that you saw, especially uh, what we saw from Luke Kennard in the game against Houston and last night? We can't sneeze on the four three pointers he made last night um, against Atlanta. Uh, off the bench. So what are your thoughts about the last two games since we've done the show? Uh, four three-pointers uh, three in that game against Atlanta, 14 points. So 44 points in the two games he's given you. And if you look at the numbers saying, uh, frankly, it's been outstanding. Over 10 points per game now off the bench. He's super comfortable, up well over 50% mm-hmm. shooting from three. And it's really sort of been the answer to all our prayers here for a while, yeah. just in the sense that does he does he fix every problem? No, same. No, but talking about it on the show today, man. How how many games did we see the Grizzlies go through a rotation of wing after wing mm-hmm. who could not knock down open shots? Say, fix, set aside Desmond Bain, like they needed anything uh, that could do it. And and Kennard's come in and not just filled the role, but done it uh done it more than ad- admirably. It's you know the question was always be could he stay on the floor? Well, the Grizzlies have done enough defensively. Uh, that you've been able to, and yeah, and an easy one against the Rockets, okay, he goes off 30, and it's great, franchise record for threes with the 10 and everything else. Right. But I, saying I thought the obviously the more important victory for the team since we last spoke was on Sunday, the, the game you mentioned against the Hawks, a closer mm-hmm. game, the yeah. 14 on the bench and a four-point game. Again, the fact that he's giving that uh, on the road against a team that's right at 500, you hadn't done much against yeah. those teams on the road this season. So the more important victory there, and I thought just as important in terms of performances, getting that 14 from there. Uh, right. That's been, you know, 
again, what the Grizzlies are doing, you know, Desmond Bain, oh, I thought on Sunday was fantastic. There's Job ja Morant being back in the starting lineup to talk about a lot from the team standpoint, but Luke Kennard filling that shooting need and maybe in doing so creating a, you know, we, we realize the spacing's better than everything else when he can play. Um, it's helped them out tremendously on, on an offense that's now out of the low teens and back up to number 11 in the NBA. Luke Kennard's had a lot to do with it, just being able yeah, to knock sure. open shots. No for question. For sure. He's definitely making teams have to guard uh, the perimeter better and open up lanes for everybody. Tyus yep. Jones, your bigs. Makes uh, it everyone, easy. Everybody's eating just because Luke Kennard is able to, you know, at least cause that threat of, uh, of knocking down shots. And it's been, it's been phenomenal to see, man. Like, we've uh, kind of gotten greedy as a fan base because I remember the days when we begged for just one guy that could shoot threes. I remember getting excited about Vince Carter coming to the team because he can make threes. He can make a long-range shot. And yeah. now we literally have two of the best three-point shooters in the entire Two of the best in the league. Yeah. It's, it's like night and day difference, it feels yeah. like. Well, we've got two of them, two of them things, you know what I mean, for sure. So um, it's it's a good feeling for sure. Uh, John Morant switched over uh, to the starting lineup, uh, returned back to the starting lineup in the game last night against the Hawks. Um, that Hawks team, I do not understand why that team – those dudes really must not like each other. <laughs> if you just look at talent – that team has two all-stars, two all-stars in your backcourt. We talked about at the beginning of the season. Is this the best backcourt in the NBA just off of the merits of having two yeah, all-stars? Just the names. With Trey yeah. Young and DeJounte Murray. They are not together at yeah, all. You, it's just like no, it has to be like they have shooting uh, off the bench and on the bench. You picked up Sadiq Bay. You got two athletic bigs. Clint Capella is still relatively young. I don't even know if he's 30 yet. That that team should be you got uh, uh Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, who's a nice three and D wing, or at least he's a, a, a great defender, if nothing else. That it, I do not understand why that team is not better than that, man. And, and yeah. you, you went out and you got a top level guard and and Dejounte Murray, who can defend as well. He didn't really do much of anything yesterday, and you thought all the talk this summer was Dejounte Murray was probably going to be on the ball. How could Trey Young play off of the ball? I saw Trey Young still doing Trey Young stuff, and at the end of the game, he pulls up from thirty. <laughs> like, dude, what are you doing? Like, he almost he he gave us the game in in that moment. Uh, you know, you guys know I hate Trey Young. This is a much more G-rated version of the last time I talked about Trey Young. Um, it was exciting to pull out that win yesterday. You Had see him throw the ball at that ref the other day too. Yeah, man, it's it's wild stuff, man. Yes. That, that team, yeah, it, it ain't. Yeah, it's nasty. And and then that not to interrupt. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but just yeah, to yeah. add to hit to to the point about just not liking dude, man. You, you haven't done enough to even think anybody cares enough about, you know, your little attitude at a call or whatever else. Yeah. It's, there's so much, it's such a prima donna thing with, yeah. with you. Yeah. I and I'm know. like, bro, the, the type of calls you get away with, the stuff that they call for you, and you're yeah. how, how yeah. you leading the league in text, man? <laughs> it's crazy, bro. I had fun with my uh, friend, Avery Braxton. The I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's up there. He's got like, if he's one tech away from getting suspended from a game. He's up there with Dylan and Draymond. Okay, he's up there with the leaders. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, he's I didn't really. He shouldn't. He shouldn't be anywhere. That's unbelievable, man. Yeah. For, the, for the what he does. I had fun with my good friend Avery Braxton from uh, ABC Twenty Four. Uh, you know, he's from Atlanta. I came in talking some good shit to him uh, when I walked into the studio yesterday to cut good, my good. segment for uh, uh, Nine One uh, Sp uh, Sports XL. Uh, had fun with him. Um, but yeah, man, it was good to see the Grizzlies pick up that road win, like you said, which have been. Uh, uh, Kind of running away from us, so we especially from deep, from decent yeah. teams, especially. Yeah, exactly. And that, that, and, and, and the last thing on Atlanta said that that coaching change and all that. There's going to be pull, and so, you know, as Quinn tries to get reins and yeah, 
transitions from that. That's the other thing that doesn't help yeah. that whole that whole mix is know, it, it adds to how nasty it all is. Yeah. And that that Trey Young core has they fired oh. two coaches midseason. You know what I mean? And what yep. he's been in what five years? It's wild, man. I don't I don't understand that thing. Uh, I'm, with I'm with you. Um, Desmond Bain, uh, though last night, twenty five points. Not sure how many threes he had. Maybe three or four three pointers. I can't remember. Uh, three, of looking, six. three of six. Yeah, he's looking like playoff Desmond Bain looked last year. Playing downhill, getting to the basket. That's the key. The mid range shot, scoring from all levels, knocking down threes. Are, are, is that, I'm going to throw this out to you, Jason Smith. Is Desmond Bain back? I think he is. I think the Desmond Bain that was headed for all star consideration before the mm-hmm. injury. Is back. Yes, that Desmond Bain. It's a it's a it's a different level. Um, his ability, you said the key, his his ability now to expand his game, to be able to get to the hole. And I mean, sometimes on really good defenders. Like that's the difference. It felt like, you know, when he first started with this, maybe you could catch a couple of guys, you know, slipping. But he he's going to the hole now on on good defenders and, and managing to find a way to get that angle. And uh you know, I, I don't know if it's Peter Brevin. I talked about it. They came, they coined it downhill Dez. Man, when he's getting that, it unlocks everything else about his game. Uh, it really has, and, and it opens things up even more. But specifically for him, man, that, that's the part of it that stands out to me. It's the it's the way he's exploding to the basket and finishing. Remember, the, the short arms were supposed to be something that were going to be held against him for his career. You know, he, you know, when you add this this ability to get to the basket and finish over longer guys, right? If this stays consistent, saying he's headed for the All Star game within the next year or two, like he was already headed there, it just needs to be consistent. He's um he's a different player. He is so much tougher to guard yeah. when he is getting downhill. Yeah, you already know about the three point ability. Yeah, for sure. Desmond Bain had a huge game. Uh, kind of put the game away during certain moments um, yesterday against the Hawks. Um, again, we talked about a big game um, against the Hawks team, picking up those two wins, putting yourself, uh, giving yourself separation from the Sacramento Kings. Uh, just double checking the standings, I think we're like two and a half games ahead of them now. If I'm not it's mistaken, still, it's two, it's two, it's still two. Okay, you're two games ahead of them, uh, just a handful of games left to go. You figure they can probably hold on to that, especially looking at how soft our schedule is the remain of the way. Another player I would love to talk about over the last three games, last two games, is Xavier Tillman, a player that um, I came in early in the game yesterday concerned about. I worry about Xavier Tillman, what he's going to be in the playoffs. But he's one of those games, guys, man, where whenever, the more you count him out, the more it seems like he rises to the occasion. Last night had another productive game. Uh, he's definitely a who brought the season in candidate. Uh, yesterday he finished the game with uh, 15 points, eight rebounds, three assists, uh, of course, starting the game last night um, in 30 minutes of play for Xavier Tillman. Um, I'm happy for X, man. I, I hope that uh, it's because of guys like him that I hope that in the event that you do get a Steven Adams back, he can come in and give you valuable minutes off the bench, I believe, in the playoffs. I don't want him to be my starting center in the playoffs. I think that mm-hmm. kind of changes the whole dynamic of who we are and kind of lowers our ceiling. But I am excited to see him play well against the uh, Atlanta Hawks team uh, with John Collins, with Clint Capella, uh, that that's a very good front court. Plus the kid, what's uh, what's I can't remember his name. Um, the other big that the Hawks have, um, uh, Okungu, who's another uh, nice young big that they have. Um, Tillman looked well against those guys, man, and and I was impressed by the game he had. Uh, what are your thoughts on Xavier Tillman over the last two nights and all, last two games, and also 
what do you see from him uh, with the playoffs, uh, you know, staring us in the face? Uh, I just think it's his ability to, whether it's been Anthony Davis, uh, Jokic, Embiid, he got there for a stretch, right, mm-hmm. filling in for Steven Adams. The dude has the presence of a veteran. Uh, it's it's not it's not every day in the NBA you find a guy as young as Tillman that's willing to accept that for weeks he may be out of the rotation, maybe questioning himself much much more than with the media everything else saying, "Oh no, he's out of rotation. He's reached his ceiling. He won't contribute mm-hmm. to this anymore." For a guy to still be able to be as engaged as him, as locked in as him, that when you're called on, that that's what vets do. And so again, mm-hmm. I go back. A, a point was making that. You know, for as much grief as the Grizzlies have taken, and especially, you know, when Ja went out about not having veterans, man, you've got a young team that set Ja aside that acts like a bunch of vets where it is next man up, and the young guys mm-hmm. understand that. I can't do anything but salute Xavier Tillman. And I, I don't worry about, you know, I, I guess from a standpoint of you don't want him to be uh, a starter if you can avoid it going in the playoffs, you'd much rather have Steven Adams. I mean, last night again, didn't you? You lost the uh, the battle of the boards. What forty eight to thirty nine? Like you're getting you're getting worked on the boards without Stephen Adams. All that said, um, yeah, I, I don't worry about him. What I do is salute him because when you've needed him, and especially during this regular season, he was a big part of this stabilization. Saying with Stephen Adams and Ja out, and let's be Brandon Clark too. So right. they they the, the the contributions they have needed from him have been triply important. And so I uh, again. If it ends up, you know, being outside the rotation or right on the back end of it again in the playoffs because Steven Adams is back, hey, so be it. But uh, you need Xavier Tillman's to get through the year. And and I, and I hope saying that that sort of veteran mindset, uh, uh, whether it's with the Grizzlies coming, you know, in years to come or whatever else, serves. that's what's going to keep him in the league, man. A guy right. that understands that for two, three weeks I might not be in, but I got to be ready to go because yeah. you know, my numbers call him to be ready. And last night's an opportunity, like I said, 15 and 8. Uh, but he's yeah. he's gone against the best centers in the league too as well this year, right. uh, and right. he, and done more than hold his own. So you need guys like him, um, like Xavier Tillman. We'll see what happens to the playoffs. Hopefully, you don't up, need him as much. Right, exactly. I woke up yesterday and throughout the day wondering was there a chance that the Grizzlies would continue to bring uh, John Moran off the bench, something they were doing in the first two games at Houston. Uh, they didn't really leave much uh, uh, to be concerned with with that with uh, John Morant coming back to the starting lineup uh, yesterday. Uh, what did you think about John Morant on the bench uh, how did, in, in the two games we saw that? And uh, what did you think about Ja now sliding over to the starting lineup against Atlanta? You know, the, the plan's fine with me. I think initially when we talked bench, we thought, heck, we, when Dylan Brooks initially broached the subject, we said, this is a joke, right? He mm-hmm. said, and Dylan even told him, hell no. Uh, but we, you know, realized quickly that, listen, there, there's still enough time in the season to, to get enough of a, a dress rehearsal in with John in the starting lineup. And like I mentioned to you last podcast, I thought too, it's uh, whether it's a gesture or whatever else, nice tip of the cap to Tyus Jones, who had been playing so well as a starter. And you ramp him back up. Um, listen, uh, you know, whether it's been the two games we saw him coming off the bench or as a starter, what I've liked is a locked in jaw. It's looked like a focused jaw. Now, I'm, I ain't going to lie to you, saying In terms of looking at jaw while he's in game and the focus level, he looked like a locked in engaged job during the season before, you know, before the Instagram and everything else. Mm-hmm. But 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 back to the point, you know, I, I don't know if it'll be anything we see on the court, whether it'll be how he carries himself more so on the road when they're out on these road trips, when when they hit yeah, the playoffs. Imagine City had me scared. Imagine City had me scared. I ain't gonna lie. 
we'll see. Right. Maybe it's a more business like approach. But either way, even think, you know, a, a more locked in jaw, a jaw who feels like, man, I got to be more dedicated. It's got to only be a good thing for the Grizzlies. So I, I from what I've seen, it looks the same on the floor. But I'm hoping that clearly a more locked in jaw and a guy who, listen, he feels like he got this Skip Bayless thing on his back. You saw him the other night with the uh, it's a parade inside my city. Yeah, uh, he's feeling good. Yeah. And uh, and, I, and I think along with that feeling good and, and and comfortability has come some focus, hopefully. There's been a little frustration. I've seen a little kickback from the fans saying that um, just kind of, you know, looking for things to kind of dissect or whatever about this win streak and about Ja's return. People were saying they would like to see Ja um, be more uh, forward thinking as far as getting Jaron involved. And, and they said in the fourth quarter, they wish that Jaron have gotten more shots. Jaron only took 10 shots total in the game against the Hawks. Um, I was just kind of throw out my, you know, two cents on that whole situation. Sure. sure in the perfect world, it'd be great if John Jaron did have that two man game, but with the way Jaron is scoring in the area, he, he's scoring in, he was, he's the only guy who scores like that. That's not a, that's not a pick. It's not a uh, screen threat. Like he doesn't set screens at all for job. And he's not a good screen setter, period. You know what I mean? So that's still a work in progress as far as getting that going. Right, I think Yeah, I don't think that's something you're going to be able to fix immediately to get that two-man game going. Because every player that Josh had a two-man game with is involved with pick and roll, pick and pop, something, whether it's Brandon Clark, whether it's uh, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, whether it's Steven Adams. All yeah. those guys that he was developing their chemistry with is because that guy was setting screens. And Jaron is a terrible screen setter. And he has so so many problems setting picks and getting offensive fouls. You don't want to blow him blowing any fouls on those type of things. So um, I just think it's a matter of time, and I think you'll see those guys get cooking, um, you know, as time goes on.